Welcome to Tech Bytes with TechNext. Here, we bring to you a brief roundup of everything exciting about the tech space across Africa and indeed the entire globe. From startup announcements to new inventions and the latest buzz boosts on the social space, we will be sharing industry important highlights and exploring the news within the news. We will also be bringing industry experts to share opinions about major news for the week. And most importantly, watch out for our exciting future for this week. We are sure it will be an exciting session you won't want to miss. Let us begin. Hello. <laughs> yeah, this is a different voice, but I mean, it's not different. It's Sackdown07. This is Tech Bytes 35. I will have said drum rolls, but that's real. It's not me. I'll, but please clap for us. There, clap for us. Well, yeah, this is Tech Bytes 35. I mean, on Tech Bytes, as you know, we have conversations on news, tech analysis, reviews, and we have very, very insightful conversations, interviews with popular key stake uh key stakeholders in the space you know we have conversations about the latest happenings in the space just to bring you the juiciest part of it and i will not be doing this alone as always i have here with me re i re <laughs> are you are you finished <laughs> <laughs> yeah omole i don't know why it's calling me Rui. Oh, okay sorry hi omole well, it's the same that's thing. what i used to do how's your week my week mm. uh let me say i don't know um i don't know i don't think i recorded events that happened during the week except the trauma i had when i had the mm. sub accidents sub, yeah. sub accidents so yeah, i had yeah. and i was having dreams about him how i will have on that yeah, people were following you they, they, they can't succeed <laughs> <laughs> all right uh for our conversation today we'll be talking to a very very big person in the space and we're talking about african tech guys expansion startup business these are just keywords from the entire conversation so if you want to get the full gist stay till then but before then we have to go around the world of tech in 10 minutes so re take us there that is supposed to be damien's job but yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on uh, so the first one is um crypto investors lose over 103 billion um dollars in theft in april alone Mad. april alone that's a lot of money so the People second money <laughs> So the second quarter of the year did not start well for crypto investors as um, Cetic, um, that um, um, an analysis firm, reports that over $103.6 million was stolen by crypto scammers in April. You know, what came to my mind when I was reading is that um, dollars, um, the value of dollars is reducing and the, uh, there are some countries that are you know, conspiring to make sure that the value reduces. So I'm like, mm, it's a lot of money, but you know, it's the value. Small. <laughs> it's not small, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just need 1% of that. Um, so yeah, it's con- this is considered um, a positive start. I don't know why it's um, positive, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think it used to be higher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in Q1 2022, it was about $1.3 billion yeah, dollars 1. that 3. was lost. Uh, That's massive. Like, this is like 10% of that. Exactly. So uh, but this is just positive. April, which is a lot, just one month. So, um, so, it's still a lot of money. Um, mm. So, yeah, moving on. Number raises um, $30 million, you know, to drive tailor-made payment solutions for African businesses. Um, as he said, I would have said drum rolls, but the people at the back, his name is Emmanuel, so in case you want to know who it is, it's Emmanuel. He never does the drum rolls. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, number is making the numbers. Uh-uh. Rhyme scheme. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm, 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 uh, number is a payment uh, service platform that provides accessible and affordable financial services to both banks and unbanked individuals um, and has recently raised $30 million in a pre-Series B investment round. Now, number intends to utilize uh, this fresh capital injection to bolster its efforts to offer African businesses tailor-made payment solutions. The funding round was um, spearheaded by Base 10 Partners, a San Francisco-based investment firm. Um, yeah, so the round has raised the company's valuation to over $150 million. Oh, now, I know awesome. that I was um, talking about, um, I was reading, or I even wrote about unicorns in Africa, mm-hmm. and um, it, a- across the world, rather, and we had only one unicorn in Q1 2023, and that was the MNT Halland. Yeah, I know we, we said about MNT Halland. Yeah. 
in one of our episodes um which is an egyptian firm so mm. it's now valued as a 1.01 billion, billion dollars and that's across the world that was the only company that got to that unicorn status we're getting there Drum i mean in 2021 again. we had like five or so, so this has been the lowest it was seven last year i think it was seven no, last quarter also so i'm not too sure now but um this is a significant drop, you know, in number of unicorns that we've had. Yeah. Um, and Africa, you know, is leading the way. <laughs> it's a good one for number. I mean, they started as Kudi AI. Yeah. I used to com- I used to confuse them then Kudi Kudam. Like, mm, yeah, true. We did, we did that. Well, <laughs> we did I mean, they lot. did a massive rebranding last year, also changed the number, and they even changed their their model as well. What they started mm. was was uh, just to respond on social apps yeah. but now they are like an omni channel for payments so it's it's a good one kudos yeah. guys kudos keep innovating number keep making numbers uh, yeah so moving on um you no longer need um you know your passwords to sign into your google account amen. Um, google next step i know google has been talking about password a password future um mm. and now they have announced the pass keys now the pass a pass key is a new type of login um credential that allows you log into sites and services without having to enter a password now is uh, coming this is coming the pass key system is coming on all google accounts on all major platforms now starting wednesday that was um two days ago um google users can could now or can now switch <laughs> <laughs> to pass keys and ditch their passwords and in a 2FA that's a two-step yeah. verification codes entirely when signing in now so pass keys are uh they're safer and are more convenient and um, they are a better remember. alternative um, to passwords um, and they are being pushed by google apple microsoft you know and other big tech companies um yeah so i don't i don't need all yeah that yeah that's system. a good one Sha. so because because okay let me not say this about my password before you go <laughs> <laughs> well it's good they're taking privacy serious yeah. uh people forget passwords a lot I people do. just drop them anywhere that is easy to access for our cars and all of that you so know, if I, you know i have a password um a save password like a service an app rather where i save all my passwords well, but that app i had but at some point i'm like all my passwords are here. If they hack this place, <laughs> that's the end. So, uh, uh, pass keys. I mean, face ID. We thought we were done when face ID and touch yeah. ID came. I mean, those were biometrics, which cannot be changed. But I mean, I think pass keys will take it a step further. Yeah, uh, it's a good one. Um, kudos to Google. We hope other companies um, take know, take um, the same step. So now, yeah, Discord is making everyone um, uh, pick a new username. Discord is growing. So, yes. Amen. <laughs> you have to grow with Discord. <laughs> anyway, Discord is taking away the four-digit tag that it puts after its username as it looks to make easier to connect, make it easier to connect with other users. Um, in a blog, Discord said that this change will force most users to change their usernames, of course, as Discord no longer have the four-number tag that distinguishes one person with the same username from another. So, yeah. The fact of this that instead of having a phone number discriminator, mm, down to your zero seven four yeah, nine four seven, you now have a unique alphanumeric username with an at symbol in front of it. So act down. I've done it since. <laughs> I don't. Well, they're growing, as I said. It was one of the things that made Discord boring. You want to ask someone for Discord name, and mm-hmm. you have to be noting down the numbers. It's <laughs> stressful. Instead of just saying hack down, exactly. You have to zero one five zero one five, and it's all these numbers you did not pick. They picked it for you. So. <laughs> I beg, I beg. Anyway, so you also get to choose a non-unique display name that can include special characters, emojis, spaces, and non-Latin characters, mm. making the platform a lot more like other mainstream social networks like they Twitter are moving for a net space. Instagram. So from net space to now normal social yeah. media. So yeah. again, as I said, they are growing. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, this one is very local and very personal. Um to many of us who understand it, Buhari's declaration overrides new telecom tax policy. So a tax, a tax policy was announced by the Ministry of Finance earlier this week. Um, mm-hmm. But the Ministry of um, Communications, led by Issa Pantami, Professor, Professor Issa Pantami, has said, no, hold on. So he said, has ins- he has insisted that the proposed 5% excise duty on telecom services will not be implemented. So yes, we're not going to start paying 15 naira for 
for SNS. If I, if I talk, <laughs> if, I, if I talk, because they've been on this back and forth for some months now. First, they, of finance and first they said they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Then the president set up like I a think committee. Pantami went to the president and be like, no, this is not good. Yeah, the president set up Let's a committee the and they brought out a, like a fiscal policy measure, blah, blah, blah. You know, just they brought it out and they were like, okay, we're not going to do it again. Mm. And everybody was like, hey, you raised. That was no like just two weeks ago. And now, just this week, finance minister was like, it's going so to be implemented. Their communication they, is confused. like, no, it's not going to be play. What? This, okay. I want to say <laughs> it's the same thing like CBN and Supreme Court ah. during the Naira. No, so this, that one, this, this one's even... This was at two ministries who are supposed to be communicating on issues like this. They're supposed to be in communication, you know, on issues like this. When you are sending emails, they should be in communication. They should know, understand. Not that one person is saying this, uh, the other one is saying this. Um, anyway, so reacting to the fiscal policy measure document recently released by the Ministry of Finance, Budget and National Planning, um, which listed the telecom tax as part of measures to be implemented this year, Pantami, Professor Pantami in a statement released on Wednesday, all Nigerians and telecom industry stakeholders to disregard the policy document. So forget about it. Hmm. Interesting. So the minister recalled that President Buhari had on March 21, 2023, approved the exemption of the telecom sector from the proposed excise duty in line with the recommendations of the Presidential Review Committee on Excise Duty in the digital economy sector. So the document from the finance ministry also claimed that the fiscal policy measures will be included in implementation of implementation of the telecom task were approved by the president. So all of them are referring to the president. So <laughs> so who are we going to? But I think I, would, I think we'll just go with the Ministry of Communication because they are the um, last, they last. are the authority here. Right. So telecom sector, no. Um, Nigerians, no. We are not. Um, we are not paying fifteen naira for SNS. I don't know. I keep saying fifteen naira. I don't uh, think it's get is that the number? Is that the amount you pay? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's get as high as that. But right. yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you very much, Rui. Hope you guys learned a thing or two from our news around the world of tech. Now it's time to go into the interview section. So, booyah. Yeah, so our conversation for today is themed African expansion, the pros and challenges um, for African founders. Um, you know, in recent years, um, there's been a surge of African um, entrepreneurs and startups, you know, expanding beho- beyond their home countries into other African markets. And um, this trend is, um, you know, driven by a growing consumer market, increased access to funding, you know, and the desire to capitalize on untapped business opportunities. Africa is a really a big market. However, um, the potential for African expansion is enormous. There are also significant challenges that African um, entrepreneurs and businessmen and the African founders, <laughs> you know, have to face when trying to expand their businesses. On the positive side, uh, the African continent is home to over 1.3 billion people. That's a lot. And yeah. uh, making it a huge potential for, um, potential, huge potential market for African entrepreneurs. You know, the African middle class is a growing one, you know, with an estimated 34% of the population expected to be classified by mid, um, as middle class by 2025. Um, as we said, this presents a huge opportunity for African founders or African businesses to target a growing consumer base and expand their reach beyond their home countries. Mm-hmm. Um, we know about the AFCTA, um, you know, agreement that was signed in 2018, which aims to create a single market for goods and services. Um, and this, you know, that um, agreement alone, you know, could further give access to African founders. Founder, um, yeah, so to talk about the pros and cons of expansion beyond the home countries, we have um, Dr. Babatunde Obrima. I hope I pronounce that name well. Dr. Babatunde Obrima is the Chief Operating Officer of um, Fintech Association of Nigeria. He is a fintech um, enthusiast and a multi-skilled individual with working experiences spanning the banking sector, non-bank financial services sector, financial consulting services, project management, and public sector. His professional career commenced at First Bank Nigeria PLC and worked in various banks during his banking career. He serves on the board of various fintech companies, holds a doctorate degree in business administration, mm-hmm. um, uh, an MBA, BSc, MSc in agronomy, and, has, and he has um, certifications in project management. Um, he has attended many courses, including one on digital transformation. 
at MIT. Hmm, that's a profile. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, doctor. Afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you again for thank joining us. So we just um, you know, get into it. Um, first question, usually the obvious one. Um, what are some of um, we know that in recent years, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, people are expanding their businesses. We know number raised um, um, thirty million. This yeah, thirty week. million dollars. And, you know, they are looking at expanding. We know that Flutter Wave keeps you know trying expanding. to expand to Kenya. So there a lot of companies are actually expanding their frontiers. You know, they are going beyond you know beyond their local markets and they're looking at expanding even some of them are going beyond africa yeah going uh, to asia yeah. pakistan <laughs> yes <laughs> india so yes yeah, so what are the benefits you know for um expanding a business in africa for you know for african founders what 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 do they see and what do they stand to gain you know from all uh, from the expansion plans okay i mean um when with your introduction with 1.3 billion people that's a huge market. So, I mean, uh, and when you see opportunities, why won't you go there? I mean, it's just business. It's just a business principle. So I think that what people are seeing are opportunities and they are moving into those markets to take advantage of those opportunities in those markets. Um, I think it's Professor David Wade that said, if I build it, will they come? So if you build what people need, of course, they will come. They'll patronize you. And I think those are the opportunities that people are seeing and they are, the market is big. And uh, when you consider that we have over 400 million people yet to be to the, uh, the formal financial sector in Africa, that poses a huge um, opportunity. I mean, although I'm one of those who feel that uh, when you talk about financial inclusion, I'm not sure that anybody in Africa is financially excluded. They might not be in the formal <laughs> sector, but, uh, but, but, but really, when you, when you go to, there's no village in this Nigeria that you go to that you don't have a guy or a woman who collects money on behalf of everybody hmm. and they all contribute hmm. on a daily basis yeah and, and at the end and at the end of the what's going if you want to borrow you go back to that same person to borrow so there's the financial system that works i think what we have not been able to do is how do we bring those people that the people trust so it's about trust i mean so you find that these people in those communities they trust those particular individuals and it's those individuals that should be the target to bring them into the financial sector right? and also trying to, to get them in. So I think that people are financially, I mean, inclusive. It's just that they might not be in the formal sector. So how do we <laughs> work, work on that? So I think that those are the opportunities. Uh, and, and, and for fintechs, I mean, that's a, that's a huge opportunity. How do you bring those guys and those ladies into the, in, in, into the space? Because those are the people that the communities trust. You can speak a million and one English and language, uh, their, their local language, they will not listen to you. They only listen to that person. Mm. I mean, I've worked, um, I've been in the public sector where we work with, with agri people. Look, there are people in communities who, may, may, may banks are, the closest bank is like uh, three, four hours away. And everybody gives these people their ATM. So the guy goes with like 30 or 40 ATM cards, I mean, debit cards to the ATM machine to withdraw money for everybody. He knows everybody's pin, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's safe, you know, so it's cheaper for them to contribute. I mean, agency banking is trying to uh, reduce some of those uh, those challenges, but that in itself is also a, a, a problem. But I mean, I don't think that's part of the discussion we have for today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the opportunities that people have. Yeah. I mean, look, developing solutions, you see opportunity, leverage on it. And it's not just fintechs. I mean, Nigerian banks are also expanding. Other African banks too are trying to expand because there are opportunities. And, and if you have a solution that works, yeah. well, why won't you go there? Mm-hmm. This changes my perspective on financial inclusion. You know that you know me and finance. I'm like people are a lot of people are financially financially excluded. Um, so when African founders are screaming financial inclusion, I'm like, please, please, can we hear what? Because I'm not but saying. They actually changed. But this changes my perspective yeah, on it. Now. They changed the tagline after some time from financially <laughs> from financial exclusion to you know putting the word in your hand or something uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, moving on uh, I, when you were talking you talked about the local knowledge of the villages of those places and all of that and it's not just africans that know about the potential of africa in terms of growth for a business yeah. we have foreign guys who are also trying to tap into this market you have foreign fintechs foreign Everything, med tech, health tech, yeah, wealth legal tech, tech, legal tech, fin- 
agree. Everybody is trying to just stop in because Africa is said to be the next big thing, you know, yeah. the next frontier. I think the next big thing. Yeah, the next frontier. Everybody's trying to tap into that market, right? But for the African founders, they probably have that leverage of the local knowledge of some of the cultural um, understanding, yeah. yeah, and all of that. How can they leverage this when they're expanding, you know, just to have a, like a foot in ahead of their foreign competition who probably have bigger banks and yeah. to spend? Well, I mean, culture is, culture is important. Um, so, I mean, let me just say for, for us at FinTech Association of Nigeria, we're an inclusive association. Our mantra is to drive digi digital inclusion, not financial inclusion, but digital inclusion. And because, let's face it, people don't pay for payments. You pay for services. Mm -hmm. So it's the verticals that are important. People pay for food, for, for, for transport, for health, for education. So the health tech, the agri tech, the insure tech, and what's it called, are really areas that you, we need to grow. Because if you grow them, then the payment processors have business, their businesses can grow. So, so I think that culture is important. Really, do people, uh, what is peculiar to a particular, let, let's take, for example, the agricultural sector. I mean, farmers that are not financially inclusive, why are they not there? I mean, at times we tend to sell, um, Come and open an account but no everybody wants value so what's the value offering for them so for a farmer in particular you might discover that his challenges is that look um risks that are associated with farming snake bites scorpion bites um mm -hmm. uh, what's it called domestic accidents or accidents on the farm you treat you know and things like that so i mean if you're going to marketing why are you not selling those values look if you buy two bags of fertilizer you get free health to treat malaria or to treat an injury if you do what's called hmm. i mean so those are values that uh that people want so i think that culture is important what do people want you know um my mom my mom is 88 i don't think she has operated her account in the last 25 years she's not interested mm -hmm. wow because i mean every time she goes to the bank she has to sign her signature you know the, the days of checkbook so after a while she got tired of it and then she stopped running her account and then when anybody wants to give her money she says send them to me. She said, she has my account number. They'll send her money to me. But at that age, you know, my dad is 90. At their ages, I mean, they have health challenges they due to as a result of age. So if you go to them and you're marketing, maybe micro, micro health insurance or something, it's extremely important that those who want to go into this, uh, go into a new environment, must really understand the cultures, um, how they differ. I mean, so the level of literacy will affect the kind of solutions you provide in those uh in those locations so i think that it's extremely extremely important and uh well uh, i mean you can see even some of the foreign people are being smarter i mean look take a stripes for example stripes came into nigeria they just bought space stack rather than trying to start afresh because they understand yeah. what the yeah. issues are and they already have solutions that are working so why do you want to uh, reinvent the wheel <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's important that <laughs> so it's important that you know yeah, so your strategy well, your strategy for every market should be different based on what you, what you're looking at. Hmm. Hmm. So as as they do this, what are the challenges they face? We know that um, infrastructure is possibly one of the challenges that they face. We know that even understanding of the market sometimes we're talking about culture, but there are other things that other challenges they may face. Maybe yeah, possibly government language, as well. uh, government policies. But from your own end, what what are the challenges for African founders? You know, as they try to expand their frontiers. I think the challenges are mostly government and regulators, let me put it that way. I mean, because policies vary from one country to the other. Regulations vary from one country to the other. The ease of doing business varies from one country to the other. So, I mean, you're already established in Nigeria. You want to go to another country, you're starting all over again. So we hope that the EFCFTA uh, uh, program or concept will help to look at those issues where at least regulators can come together and look at some common areas. I mean, that's what's the call. So if I'm already registered, if I already have a license with the Central Bank of Nigeria and then I want to go into Rwanda, I mean, they should be talking to the Central Bank and say, look, uh, from this checklist, is there anything on this checklist that this person has not met that is not on your own checklist? And those have been the issues they're looking at rather than starting all over all, of, all over again. I mean, I, so I think that those are areas that, I mean, we need to 
uh, people need to look at because you have to start, you have to register a new business, you have to go to the regulator, you have to, so those are things that um, affect, I mean, so even let me take it, so a fintech coming into Nigeria from anywhere, it takes, depending on the issues you have, an average of six months, if you're very good, to get a license from a regulator here, yeah, and it could be one year, it could be even be longer. So, I mean, if we now replicate that across Africa, that's a huge challenge. I mean, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's challenging. But I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a big problem. I think one thing about Africa that we like silos, you know, and mm. that would be break <laughs> those, from those, from those silos. Um, and, it, and it's not, uh, even, even here, I mean, you want to have two licenses from the same regulator, you start all over. Despite yeah. that they have an existing license, you start all over because even within, a regulator within that a building, there's no interoperability in terms of how it works. So it's a huge problem that regulators need to need to deal with. I mean, obviously, technology can resolve a lot of these issues, mm. and I think that uh, the more we start to see more reg tech and sub tech solutions with the regulators to be able to address issues of licensing and and compliance and uh, and monitoring, I think it will make life easy. Or how do we ensure interoperability regionally? And I think that's that's mm. what can make it. I know that I was in a session. I was in a session when we talked about um, government policies. So a lot of uh, so somebody mentioned that a lot of African governments do not consider the market before they start releasing those policies. They don't uh, put the founders or the um, innovators in the, on the table, you know, to talk to them about the policies. You just you know, you just assume I mean, that this is how it we, should be. <laughs> we can literally point to one that happened in Nigeria recently. Exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, I mean, let's not let's not call out names. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you said something about interoperability. So that's where our next question will come from. But Dami, take that. Okay. So uh beyond the whole regulation for government and all of that there's still some other challenges that are unique to different uh locations you're talking about uh, what's it called you're talking about infrastructure power something as little as power internet uh and all those things they are major and when you are cross crossing countries you are getting into new zones you are getting into new spaces your problems is is new afresh yeah. <laughs> and you have to battle that goliath so how do biz, uh, businesses african founders how do they how do they resolve this when they are expanding also access to capital because yeah. you need capital to expand and for many of them capital is not so flushy Even human especially, especially exactly human capital is also there and in recent times our vc funding has been at an all-time low in recent years yeah. that's also an issue so how do founders you know move around all of this to you know get their goals so uh so infrastructure issues are what's it called uh issues that cut across the whole of africa I mean, and so it's a risk issue. So if you're starting business, those are risks that you need to look at and how do you manage those risks? Is it worth your while going there? If you cannot mitigate those risks, is it still profitable for you to go there if you cannot mitigate those risks? Because I mean, the truth is that government will move at its pace. I mean, we are saddled with <laughs> leadership that God help us. But then um, in the midst of all of that, I mean, you need to look at each location and what are the peculiarities? How do you mitigate those uh, those, those biggest, the elephant in the room. I mean, it's like saying that there's traffic in Lagos. I mean, there's traffic in Lagos. So <laughs> you have an appointment, you, you plan, you plan, you plan ar ar around it. So I don't think that it's, we know the problem is there. I don't think it's something we should complain about. It's something that we all should look at. How do we mitigate this risk? What can I do better? How can I get around it? I mean, I mean, look at Sterling Bank today. The, the, the head office is now run on solar. That is a solution. So, hmm. I mean, people have to start looking at alternatives. So, how do you go around this? What's going I'm sure that they, like a Stalin bank, in the next five years, they're probably one of the most profitable because their running cost is going to drop significantly in terms of uh, power. In, term, yeah. in terms of uh, power. So, I think that those are things that we need, all need to start looking at. What are the alternatives in the in in the absence of Good governance. If I'm sorry to use that word, but that's the, that's the reality. Because I don't think that it should be this. It should really be this bad with the resources that we have to be able to provide power. I mean, I was in the banking sector, so I was privy to some of the contracts that were issued. I mean, um, some years ago on, on power, some of the things that happened on it. So it's just um, 
it's, it's a people issue, it's a, it's a government issue. So it's um, there are things that, as far as a business person, these are risks. So you they're there. I mean, we all do it. I mean, we all probably run our own governments. Practically, you have your generator, you have your borehole, you have your security, you have everything. So those are risks that you mm-hmm. that you have mm-hmm. to look at, and how do you mitigate those risks with, and still be profitable? And I think that's what's really important. Those they will vary from one country to to the other. So if you're expanding, what are the peculiarities here? What are the alternative solutions? What can I do differently, and how can I still be profitable? And I think that's really what um, entrepreneurs need to need to consider yeah so this next one is, on, is still on human capital um we know that a lot of times uh, companies um you know bring in um <laughs> foreign expertise instead of uh, you know <laughs> looking inwards and it's a conversation that was, would continue going on even for de- decades after now if you see our real construction you're seeing white people you see people are building houses and you are not seeing any black person black people are the ones carrying the cement and all of that so it happens in tech too um, many times we see uh, people outsourcing um, yeah, engineering and yeah all of that. Outs- so it we see that a lot and we c- you keep wondering so we don't we have this talent here so that's that's where the question comes from how can African founders, you know, balance, you know, the need for local talent with their desire, you know, to bring in um, foreign expertise, you know, and resources when expanding their businesses? So, you have for, for instance, a Nigerian is going to South Africa and is talking about bringing somebody from India because they think the Indian understands um, this that space better. But you are going to, yes, you are going to South Africa. So, how do you balance something like that? Well, so. Skills is a major challenge. In 2020, together with EY at Fintech Engineer and EY did a study, Fintech Census in Nigeria, and what came across board and in, in all the 21 sectors that in a way of a membership was skills gap. So it's a huge problem. In 2019, I remember one of the big techs that approached us, they were looking for 500 developers. Where are they? So we have, we have a huge um, skills challenge. So, I mean, in going to, to, to a place, you want to know what are the available uh, skills and what are the other skills that you need to 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 bring in? So the issue of having uh, foreigners, I don't think that we can run away from it from now. What we're trying to do at FinTech Engine, I will tell you, is the fact that uh, we realize this problem and uh, we set up a DigiQuip series, mean digital equipping. So we have three training programs under that program. We have DigiStuds, and uh, DigiStuds means digital students. It's a CSR program. We've already trained 400 students in public universities on web design, graphic design, Python language, um, data analytics, UX, CX, you know, and um, we, but the purpose is to be able to create the appetite for digital um, interest in them, you know, and uh, for, we've already since we've modded some, a lot of them to freelance sites and we're, some of them are already building websites for people doing graphic designs and things like that, but they're not ready for work. So the other initiative is called DigiCops, which is targeted at the, those in the National Youth Service. We're working on that initiative, trying to talk to the NYC directorate so that we can do the same capacity development for them. They're the ones ready to go to work. And those who now want to become like software engineers and things like that, programmers, can we can board them for advanced programs, which are uh, been uh, worked on. So we need to build capacity. But you see, it's beyond just what we are doing. We cannot run a digital economy on a faulty foundation. Our whole educational system needs to change. You, know, you can see what Kenya is doing. In primary school now, in secondary school, you have to learn coding. So we yes. need to really put money where our mouth is. It's not just about writing these things on paper, really. Mm-hmm. We need to really, take, we need to really take, take action if we're serious about it, or else we're going to have a lot of our foreign exchange, we keep talking about foreign exchange, foreign exchange, but we have to pay because we don't have the skills mm. or we don't have enough skills, if I put it that way. So that's why people have to bring in, bring in foreigners because we haven't created that environment for those skills to develop. And that's what India has done. I mean, India's biggest export to this is yeah. tech skills. So I think that it's something that we need to take very seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's not just um, we need, so it's a, it's a challenge. I mean, so there's, you have to, you want to run a business, you have to find the right people to do the business. So I think <laughs> that it's not about emotions really, but I mean, and those are the realities that we all have to, that, 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 that we all have to face. You, so you, mentioned, skills, you mentioned this you, 
mention Digi Studio, yes. mention Digi Core, but you don't mention Digi Professionals. You know, in case I want to switch careers. Oh, no, no. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, okay, great. So, so the last one is called Digi Skills. Digi Skills mm. is for people already working, organizations who want to uh, skill, uh, provide capacity building for their staff. We're partnering with CIBN and FSI for fintech certification in Nigeria. That should start in October. Uh, apart from that, we do trainings. For example, we work with the Insurance Association. We've done trainings on digital transformation for their for their members. I think we've done three trainings now, and they're already talking about the fourth one this year in the last three years. So uh, we worked with Makeup um, to train lawyers also. So I mean, mm. those are things we do under the Digital Skills uh, series. So I mean, so if you want to change career, of course, you probably go for a certification or go on, you know, on a course, you know, so or attend. Uh, webinars, master classes, and all the things that he needs. <laughs> a whole lot of. No, no, all right. Just, just following up to this question. Uh, and you mentioned like number of things that fintech Nigeria is doing, but for the average founder of a startup out there, do you think they should invest in building talent as well? As far it is something they would need in the future. Yeah. And how do they balance it with the current jackbar? Exactly, Jack Jack syndrome. Yeah, you know, you build a talent for six months, it becomes super. It now runs away, and it leaves your company. And I mean, you've invested maybe millions already for a startup that is still just you know growing. You've yeah. invested millions in the guy, and after six months, it leaves and goes away. What do you do? So I, I think that it's the work culture has changed. Except we want to play the ostrich, the Gen Zs do not do one job. There's no Gen Z I know that does not have a side also. So even when I'm interviewing <laughs> people, the first question I ask them that, do you have a side also? Which you tell me, no, I know you're lying, so you're not meant for, for this place. But so why it's good to know so that it helps you to be able to, so that, and that's what really happened. So you we're constricting them. They don't want to be constricted for interview. And when he got there, he told them that uh, they made him an offer. He said, well, I have to go back to Nigeria and go and resign from my current job. And he said, no, 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 you don't have to resign your job. Why do you have to resign your job? You can do the two jobs. Look, there's a time difference. You work here, and then what's happening there, we're not allowing people to adapt. Why can't the guy work here and also work for a foreign company? So you're enjoying what's it called. But because we restrict them, they just move out. So I think that the work cultures need to change. Of course, capacity building. If you don't invest in people, of course, you're not going to get anything. That's why you see that uh, the, the traditional banks, I mean, the, the incubants, they invest a lot in training. And that's why you what call they can be where they where, where they are. So fintechs also need to invest. Or startups need to invest in capacity building. I mean, it's a risk. There's no doubt. I agree with you. It's a risk. People can leave, but then you'll have added value. And uh, and, and structures are important. That's why I mean, it's good that if as a startup you put structures in place so that if one mm. person leaves, someone else mm. takes over. But I think that if people have a career plan, uh, you know what the expectations are. And you can build around those expectations. That's a new work culture. Either we like it or not, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that that's the way to that, 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 that's that's the way to go. I mean, that that's the culture of the Gen Zs, you know. And except you're playing the ostrich. I have a friend who has a law firm. She said she interviewed over sixty lawyers, and the longest anyone of them has stayed in any organization was nine months. Wow. They just, they just <laughs> so and, and and it's because they want to do other things and you want to restrict them what's it called? They don't want to be restricted. They want to have some flexibility. So you can't mm. run the new work culture is able to have those flexibilities around what people around what people do, but they still give you value. They, you both agree what your value means to you as an organization. They must deliver those values and they can also do their own values. I mm. think that that's, so, we have to face those realities. Mm. So future of work 2.0 productivity over mm-hmm. attendance 2.0.1. Okay, okay. So to the next one, it's about partnership. Uh, earlier, you had earlier mentioned about Stripe. Yeah, coming to Nigeria yeah, or expanding to Africa, and they just bought Spitstack straight up, right? Up until recently, maybe 2020, when we had the first maybe merger in in terms of startup, proper startup, you know, major. I think it was. Um, this Ghanaian pharmaceutical startup by Gregory Roxin, M Pharma, I think they had they had a merger with or they bought over one startup and um, up until recently we didn't really have much of that. Yeah. You know, it was, are not a thing in Africa. Yeah, it wasn't a thing, but 
it's becoming a thing now. And what's your opinion about that? What's your thoughts? Is this something you think should be a thing or you think people should just expand? So there's a word that bigger is better. <laughs> <laughs> so and they, and they, you know, at times they say it's too big to fail, you know. So mm. I think that I mean uh, people should look at where they can collaborate so that you can have uh, a bigger pie. You know, I think collaboration for us at FinTech Engine, we actually preach collaboration. Look at how you can work together. It might not be um, merging, but I mean, look at how you can do business, how to share, you know. Um, I think it's critical that everybody starts to look at that. I mean, we, we can see the challenge in the ecosystem globally, you know, uh, and what is happening. So I think that the, you just have to look look for areas where you can collaborate, where you can merge, and what of you. So and and be bigger, so that you can weather weather the storms, you know. And uh, I think that beyond that, also cultures. Uh, I mean, the work. I mean, uh, the work model will change. So what has made the likes of um, InterSwitch, Unified Payments, System Specs to be twenty years and above e transact? What what the model? I mean, it's what's it called it's governance structure you know, innovation. So all those things need to come into place. So, and uh, having the right, uh, having the right model. So people will have to change. I think we need to change some mindsets of some of, uh, some of the practices we have, we have, we have in, the, in the ecosystem also. Talking mm. about mindset. So Africa is ready for majors and acquisitions. That's a- good. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> because inter- interoperability is actually a big thing in Nigeria. It's a big issue right here in Nigeria, not yeah. about across Africa. Yes, yes, it is a big issue. Yeah, so talking about um, changing mindsets, I know that a lot of founders, or we assume that a lot of founders think that once they are talking about expansion plans, it means that they are succeeding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, mm, like yeah. a, it's, a, it's like a success point for them. But we know that it's, it's beyond that. It's, it's not just going into Ghana from Nigeria or going into Kenya from Nigeria or going into SA. It's beyond that. Are you succeeding where you are? So that's where the next question comes from. How do you measure success beyond that, you know, just opening another, opening office in another market? How do you measure success, you know? And um, what metrics, you know, should they focus on you know, to evaluate their progress. Um, uh, we know that also uh, corporate. Um, um, we talked about corporate. Uh, one of one of our episodes talk about um, corporate governance. Um, even within Nigeria, it's a big issue. So people just open um, companies. Their corporate governance is almost Do it dead. <laughs> it's almost dead. That's why we have issues. I mean, twenty twenty two was was lots of cans being opened exactly. about bad leadership but terrible organizations and so we did go into those other markets you know and take that you know that disposition into the other market so what are the things we use to measure success you know when we are talking about expansion so um for me for me success is about legacy so what are you what are you building are you just expanding because you want to be seen or you're building a legacy so i mean when you're building a legacy i mean the, the things that constitute success are governance structure innovation adaptability acceptability i mean what was a patronage level as you move into those uh into, into as, as you expand you no know? um if you if you're expanding and uh, your so so let, 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 we also come, we are talking about skills. People are critical for success. You know, who are the people behind the, which which speaks to governance really? I mean, who, who are your people on your board? Who are the people in management? What are the team that runs that, that that runs the place? They 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 constitute a whole lot to a whole lot to success. So if you're expanding and uh, things are collapsing, and and, when mm. we, and we've seen we've seen that. I mean, mm. that you talk about 2022, so we can see a lot of that. So. I mean, what's the capacity that you have to, to so so that's I'm saying that it's about legacy. That it's not just about expanding. When you expand, what's the legacy that will follow that? You no, know? what have you built? You no, know, that will sustain that expansion. And I think that's for me. That's what measures success. It's not about. I mean, profit is good. I mean, of course, everybody's in the business to make profit. But same people who are profitable and have collapsed. You know, so it's not just <laughs> even in banks. You see, banks have collapsed and they were profitable. But because in banks it's about liquidity, it's about what's it called capitalization, it's about asset quality and things like that. 
So it's so it's it's a legacy. What legacy are you building? I mean, and what, what governance structure do you have in place? Are you doing the right things? You know, is, is this business going to outlive you? And which is the challenge you've had in Africa? I mean, growing up, we knew a lot of industries and things like that that existed, and today they are not existing. That's because I mean, they revolved around individuals and not around structures. So, and that's what we need to start changing. We need to start building structures. And that's the problem we also have in government because government also revolves around individuals and not strong. We need to build institutions, you know, and not just around, uh, what's it called, uh, individuals, a founder or co-founder. And if anything mm -hmm. happens to those people, then that's the end. No, it should not that's be like end. that. So I think that, yeah. for me, that's a measure of success that a business can outlive you, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I actually agree with that because I have an hypothesis. Yeah. Sometimes when I see uh, a startup that says it operates in Nigeria, yeah. And I can't, in my circle, I don't know anybody that uses that startup. And the next thing, the startup raises $5 million. You hear they're expanding to Kenya. You hear they're expanding to Rwanda or Pakistan. And I'm like, how? Where? <laughs> how? That's, how? Where, that's where my next question comes from, actually. Um, so w when when do you think it is time for an African founder to say, let's expand? You know, mm -hmm. we, yeah. we, we, when we talk about tech, we're talking about solutions, right? Mm -hmm. We're saying you're solving a particular problem, whether it's a financial problem or a HR problem, you know, or insurance problem. Um, so when... Uh, like many you of the even many, one in many of the people that are, many of the companies have, or founders I've seen that have expanded uh, beyond Nigeria, I, I don't know they've not solved the problem here yet. We we have so many uh, fintech companies, but we we, we experienced January too exactly. Much. You see when the like cash crunch. So how are people expanding? So w when do you think it is time? That's the question to you now. When do you think it is time for an African founder to say, okay, you know what, let's go to Ghana, you know, let's go to SA from Nigeria? existing market um what and that's what the concept of success coming what de what defines you your existing market that you think that you have conquered that market and you're moving to new markets of course moving to new markets are a factor of the opportunities there that you've seen and the potentials there that you've seen there's a market there you know so i mean there will be business decisions for moving into a new into a new markets uh so for each institution i think that they have to make those decisions it's a tough thing for me to say this is what constitutes when you should expand it's a function of do i think that i've conquered enough i've captured enough market in this location and i want to move mm. into a new into into a new market i know that's where i keep saying that governance comes to play i mean look i remember that i mean uh, in the when, when the likes of interswitch unified you know, payment started the people who were on the board i mean i was on board of value card value card was uh, what which is our unified payments was mostly banks that were shareholders. I was representing a bank on the board, so you had people on the board who provide guidance. Even the Yorubas, there's a proverb that is the wisdom of the youth and that of the elderly that was used to build the city of Ife. So mm. I mean, you need mm. to have. Uh, so we encourage startups have advisors. Who are people who should be people who are experienced and can guide you to make the right uh, right decisions? I mean, don't think that because people are old, I've seen foreign ways that are they're all those people they are too old. Anybody above 40 should, should not be talking, they don't know fintech, they don't want to come. You see all of those, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> exuberances in a way. But, but the reality is that we all have to work together. I mean, we the people who are older have seen things you haven't seen and are they able to exp So, I think that. Even if you don't want to have them on your board, have them as advisors. So you can have yeah. uh, advisors who help you, what's it called, guide and uh, what's it called, look at the things that you're doing. I mean, uh, so I think that if that decision is, every organization will make that decision. I think that I've done well here. I want to go here because I've seen this. Um, and of course, the factors that you think, those are the factors that you, you, you determine those factors those factors you say, but you've seen an opportunity that you want to take advantage of in the new the new market, but have you conquered where you are? Those are questions that everybody has to answer for themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. That's, that's solid. That's solid. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah. yeah, so uh, thank you very much, Dr. Baba, today. This has been an insightful, insightful conversation. That's the word, insightful. Yeah, it's been <laughs> an insightful one. Uh, maybe permit me to be Oliver Twist. Just one last one. Okay. The merger between the youngies and the oldies, all right, are there platforms for this to happen? You know, we have young innovators now who are 
who have amazing ideas but you can literally see that they're not getting it right we're having shutdowns we're having layoffs but we see the big guys the big guys are fine like they are fine so are there platforms where these two come together is it something that fintech nigeria like offers yeah an acquisition <laughs> no no necessarily <laughs> acquisition but like like a place where they can all come and get adv- advices and all of that like you mentioned Okay, so there are two things we're doing. We have what you call the Regulator Forum. Regulator means regulators and innovators. It's a forum mm-hmm. to bring in regulators and innovators to the table. Either we like mm-hmm. it or not, innovation is always ahead of regulation. But how do we bridge that engagement? So we meet quarterly and we have reps from CBN, SEC, NDIC, NFIU, NCC, NITDA, NICOM, FCCPC, you know, wow. at director levels. And we meet quarterly members of the ecosystem to discuss issues that affect the ecosystem that's a starting point the second one is that we've set up what they call a startup marketplace it's supposed to be a place where startups can register their services and we're also encouraging providers consultants law firms uh and all other providers to come onto that space so if you have an issue you can throw it up and they're willing to provide services for you at a discounted rate because it's on the platform of the startup marketplace um, that was opened up the portal, but we had, we had some challenges with it. So we're rebuilding the portal, portal again. So those are the two initiatives that we're starting for now um, to be able to address the issues of the ecosystem because we need to deal with the regulator issues. We need to deal with uh, uh, investor and yeah. the startup. Yeah, the startup, investor thing too. Startup yeah. issues. So yeah, how do we create those nexuses so that the ecosystem can grow? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. growth expansion I'm, I'm excited for the for the african tech ecosystem i think we've had a very good run yeah, yeah. and over the last few months or one year we're having the bad run investor party yeah if you can call it that i think like everybody says there's always what's morning after the night right i feel like after we're done with this phase of purging the bad eggs and all of that yeah. the next few years will be boom Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Dr. Babatunde. This as he said, this has been insightful. Um, um we're going to learn a lot from this. Um uh, so Dami, you want to uh yeah, thank you, sir. Uh so just before we go, it's our culture here. Yeah? Uh do you have social media handles or fintech Nigeria social media handles that people could follow? and get more insights about all of this that you've discussed and more of course you can share your own too yeah you can share yours too yeah. so that people can connect yes so so i mean uh fintech and uh, handles are just fintech ngl at fintech ngl uh either linkedin or twitter. instagram or twitter so it's fintech ngl okay right. great grab all about yours maybe linkedin my own handle oh yes well i said on on twitter it's at obrima on Instagram okay. is Obrima, and uh, on uh, on uh, on Facebook is Babatunde Obrima. On uh, LinkedIn okay. is Doctor Babatunde Obrima. All right, great, great. Thank great. you so much. I'm sure our listeners will connect so that they can get more. So we'll continue the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very so, much. If you want to find me, um, Omole Omori, anywhere, everywhere. Just <laughs> the name is unique, so you are not going to have problems finding. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mine is Akdown07 and you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Oluadam Larry Akinquil. Yeah. All right. So we have come to the end of this. Uh, till we meet again next week. All right. Um, this is episode 35. So you can binge listen to all the other episodes 1 to 34. Trust mm-hmm. me, you will love it. So like, comment, share, engage with it as much as you can or however you can. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, thank us later. You know. Yeah. For Don't, forget <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe. All right. Thank you.